0: Welcome to Whiskey Fit, where we believe every bottle of whiskey has a story to tell. Three guys, one bottle, endless bonding. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Evan, and JJ. All right, All right. welcome to Whiskey Fit Podcast. Today, we are pouring Johnny Blue. Uh, this is Johnny Walker Blue Label. It's It's one of my favorites. It's kind of, as we start this thing out, it's one of the things that I wanted to taste and just talk about a little bit. So, uh, we've got a, over a piece of ice, a giant block of, of uh, square ice. So, here's the the taste of it, the smell, all that fun <clears> stuff. <throat> <laughs> Evan. You, what is that? What's going on over there? It stings the nostrils. It is whiskey. There's this thing that they they make it. And- mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I immediately have flashbacks
1: to dipping and chewing tobacco and tobacco taste and it's fantastic taste tobacco with this i do with all scotches that i've ever had or scotchy what i would consider this a scotch i don't even know if it's actual scotch you'll have to give us a background on it are you kidding me look man you signed me up for this like this is (laughs) this is what you did but anyway that's that's the my first i taste wood and i taste tobacco like that's the first thing that i taste
2: yeah that's right. I mean, that's the peat in it. That's what they call that. That's the peaty taste or the peaty flavor of it. And yeah, it's that back burn in the nostril in the throat of the smoke. Some people like it and some don't. I mean, I personally, I thrive in that area.
0: It's love, a judgment-free zone here, guys. I
2: love the smoke. I that's
0: not true. Okay, that's, well, that's, JJ's got to that's, judge. That's not true. I'm, I, I do not.
1: So I don't know a... Anything about Johnny Walker Blue, Sarah, so, to help me
0: out here? Johnny Blue, uh, it, for like in general, the scotch is, has to be made in the the country of Scotland. It is um, mashed and then barreled and all this stuff. Johnny Walker Blue is what's called a blended whiskey. Okay. <laughs> a blend of whiskeys, they're pulling from different barrels, different ages, and everything else like that. So a single malt, a single barrel type thing is gonna be like one year, or, or an 18 year old scotch, or a 20 year old scotch, or whatever. Okay. Um, This is considered a blend. So it's looked down upon in today's culture a little bit for the one, the price point. It's, it's, it's expensive one Um, for anybody
1: listening. We didn't get the big bottle here. No, it's it's a little, it's the itty bitty one. It's a little bottle that we got.
0: Um, One of the, like, if you ever notice it, the the cool part about the labeling and what they did back, I think it was prohibition time. um, But they put their label on sideways so that it stood out in the bar. So it's, it's a great idea. all the all the labels are sideways. Oh, okay. All the other labels are straight. Okay. So it's the only one all that right. does that. Okay. But blue label is their their pinnacle of Johnny Walker's. There's there's all kinds. There's 18s. There's 15s. Yeah. Um, there are golds and green
2: label and red label. Mm-hmm. And black. Is and this label. what Jerry black Jones label. drinks? Yes. yes. So this is mm-hmm. Jerry Jones's go-to. Now we're so, now we're talking here. Guys. So your boy in the Cowboys. Is, yep. Johnny Walker Blue is is
0: that's his that's his go-to. That's the only thing that I think is actually okay with the Cowboys, I guess. So, uh, it, it's it's my favorite. It's one of those things um, we put it out there as as the pinnacle. So, like, what are you tasting with it? So, since you're the kind of whiskey nerd, there the whiskey nerd on I it. just drink.
2: Yeah. So the um, I start in the in the smell right, and right out the gate, I get it's really to me really caramel. Like, there's a ton of caramel smell, especially coming out of the bottle when you smell it. But definitely on the palate like Evan was saying with the whole tobacco thing. I didn't chew a lot of tobacco or any in my life growing up or really smoke any <laughs> tobacco. And uh but that PD flavor, that smoky flavor on the back side, uh well like I said, I love it. That's what I taste as it goes down. The beauty of what I like about it so much is that that's the last thing we kind of get out of it. I don't get any of the cinnamon i don't get any of the burn of the lips i don't get any burn on the back of the throat or anything like that where a lot of scotches you'll get that burn on the backside on either. the finish and i don't get that at all with this and that's the good thing of it to me it's also the dangerous part of it because it makes it go down so much easier yeah right? it's it,
0: it, it's it's chuggable almost it's, it's yes. sip but it's oh, like hold on let's hold off on the chuggable oh con. yeah just at the price point makes it not chuggable right. but yeah. for the us. for us for me um The, I don't know, that that finish is just smooth is how it's always described, right? And it's just, it is, I think it's by far the most, the smoothest whiskey I've ever had and the smoothest whiskey I've ever drank. I get a little bit of the vanilla, like a little bit of the sweet, but not as much as you can get in other ones. And then the the charcoal, because like Ryan can speak a little bit more to this, but how scotch is finished is usually they'll take like a bourbon barrel from over here char the inside of it and then put it in that barrel for X number of years. And just, it soaks up that charcoal and what you're smelling, what you're picking up with like the, the tobacco and the peat is that's how they roast, they, this is how they cook the mash. It's how they, so they take that peat and, and burn it. It's cause peat's like a moss, right? Okay. Kind of all that stuff. They cut that and burn it. And that's the smoke that goes into that and then uh, into the mash. And then they distill that. So you're picking up all of those flavors.
2: One thing earlier when you were talking about just the age of everything and and, and as we get into these podcasts we talk more and more about whiskeys and a lot of those American ones that are, you know, two year age, two years or three years or stuff like that, where the neatness to me with this, even though it's a blend and a lot of folks for whatever reason look down on that, especially nowadays, blends are there are some fantastic blends out there and they're using technology to do blending and it's it's actually a little bit of a sign itself. That's one of the things that I think they do so well is that it can be it can be blended with anything from a 20 year to a 50 year um, container right so so you can have 20 year scotch blended with 30 year and 40 and 50 year scotch in here they say i believe you'd have to look it up but i think it's somewhere like most bottles will average a 28 to 30 year scotch which is pretty good damn scotch yeah. it uses 30 years so uh, it's possible to get a 20 year bottle. It's possible to get a 50 year bottle. So, so
1: you're not that's drinking. Kind of the so when you of drink these scotches and you drink these blended whiskeys, you're not drinking something that was necessarily created like five years ago, no. or even like this year.
2: Not no. these ones. So then when we get into some of these other whiskeys, mm-hmm. like some of the ones that are sitting on the table that we'll talk about later, those are <laughs> like two year deals or okay, three year okay. deals or something like that. But no, these are these are years in the making.
1: Well, I've taken a few more sips and I I I have some thoughts, but I really I want to know why
0: you. Like why did we, why, why do we pick this yeah, one? Yeah, why why you go blue? The story with this one, when when we put this podcast together, my original thought was just to have conversations because two of my favorite people are at this table and Aww. they ha- yeah, it's a- there's
2: only three of us here. Yeah, it is just JJ Ryan and Evan. So he is talking about me and Evan. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: was you know I was trying to you know give some aloof that we're out there in the world, um, but. You both have been very successful, and, and I, I've I've had a modicum of success myself. When when I was growing up, kind of adulthood, I didn't like whiskey until about 30, 32-ish time frame. And as my mentor, that was his drink, kind of like Jerry Jones. That was like Johnny Blue was the pinnacle of, of scotch and, and all this other stuff. And I looked up to him, and he taught me everything I know about chiropractic. He taught me everything I know about running businesses. Um, and as as that kind of grew like like it was like a huge price point i was broke right young starting out <laughs> like damn i can i, I well, that's 50 dollars a shot i can't afford that all right jesus so when i pat when i built my practice up and and passed the diplomate test that that same thing that he had that that why he was teaching the courses that i took from him, and like, well, you know, I'm gonna go get this really nice bottle of champagne to to because I passed this test, and it was two years of study, five tests. I had to fly to Munich to take it, and all this other crap. Um, and Munich's not in America. Not no, not the last I checked. It was, <laughs> München is what they call it over there. They do serve a lot of beer, and I drank a gallon of beer that night that I passed that test. But
2: they when I sell got back, whiskey
0: here, there and scotch there. Yeah, I'm sure. I didn't. I didn't I drink. Anyway, no. They, they, they well, obviously they don't make Scotch, Scotch. there, but um, actually I don't know if German whiskey. I don't know. I have to research that. Hmm. I'm gonna write somebody's going gotcha. to send us German whiskey. Gotcha. So, yeah. I mean, maybe. So, so. I'm in. Anyway. When I when I went to the the whiskey the, the liquor store, they didn't have any bottles of champagne that were really any good. So I'm like. I'm. I had this bottle. I'm like, all right, I'll get this. And I looked over. Just some, you know, good old fashioned Andre. Basically. Maybe some some brute. Yeah. And uh, they had the (laughs) bottle of Johnny Blue, and it was on sale. And this is like right before they closed at like nine o'clock on a Tuesday. And I'm like, it was on sale for like uh, two thirds, right? Okay. So it was like 150 bucks. Okay. 200 bucks, somewhere in that range. 150, 170 bucks. I'm like, we're doing that. Because it wasn't that much more. So that's what I got as that. And that was the pinnacle of success. Like that was how I celebrated like two years of study, 10 years of being a doctor, all these things, why that was such a big deal for me. And it was like that was it's, it's basically it's liquid success. Yeah. You know, that was what it meant to me at that time and doing that type of stuff. So like the question I have to start the conversation for y'all is like, you all have both had very big successes in your life and have done a lot of cool shit. So where is it like, what, what was your defining moment for success? Uh, so I, I, it, I'm
2: interesting, I guess, or a little bit different just cause I've, I've actually had two careers at 40 that I've, Felt we're pretty successful. And five children. And five children. <laughs> <laughs> whole career, so, so we know he's
0: successful at one
2: um, thing. But the uh, <laughs> you know the the from from the age of twenty till thirty two, I spent those twelve years in the fire department in Arlington, Virginia, as you guys know, as a fire EMS captain there. And at the age of twenty seven in two thousand seven, that was two thousand seven was a huge year for me. Um, that was the year that Alyssa and I got engaged. We got pregnant. I got promoted to lieutenant that year. We got married (laughs) that year. We had a baby that year. We bought a house that year. Like, that was a ginormous, huge, huge, huge milestone year.
0: You lived a lifetime in a
2: year. In a year. It was crazy. Not
0: stressed at all. Not
2: at all. And uh, that was 07. And, of course, you know, we were happy to be homeowners for like a year. And then the market collapsed and we weren't happy to be homeowners anymore. Anyway, (laughs) it's a whole other story. But um, so... uh, I think that was probably my first taste of success, I think, when I was 27 that whole year and everything that was going on. Um, but I didn't drink whiskey or anything then. It was just Miller Lite. We probably went to a winery or something, which I guess Evan would make you proud because uh, there were wineries in Virginia where we were at and that kind of stuff. But They're supposedly making
0: some good wine,
2: They don't? do. There's a lot of good ones around there. I yeah. just don't enjoy wine. So.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's that, a tragedy. That, that, that was a first is. one. I still but, enjoy wine. Um,
2: yeah. you know, to piggyback on your Johnny and Blue story is, moving to texas and hearing about jerry jones and johnny blue and all this and my father-in-law getting me in the scotches and then in the whiskeys and all of these different deals is when i was 39 so two years ago almost now johnny blue was like oh, i want to get it i want to get it you know 250 bucks a bottle i really want to do it and i did it for my 40th birthday as you guys know and you guys were my 40th birthday party last year and uh that was huge for me to walk in and be like oh yeah i want to want that bottle out of the case and the funny story on that is, so I walk in, I tell him I want a bottle of Johnny Blue from the, from the locked up whiskey cabinet, right? So, so, so I'm pumped, right? I was like, and I had been telling this to people for weeks. i have been like, yo, I'm going in, I'm, go, I'm going in the locked up compartment and get my whiskey. Like I thought I was badass, right? So, so I have, I have the manager comes over and I told him what I wanted. So he gets on the, you know, he gets on the walkie talkie. We need a cabinet. We need a key to the whiskey cabinet, please. So while we're talking, he's standing there waiting for the key to show up. He's like, so what do you want out of the cabinet? I said, oh, I want to get a bottle of that Johnny Walker Blue. He was like, got on his walkie-talkie. Yeah, go ahead and cancel the key to the uh, whiskey cabinet. He's like, sir, you can just go up and get that at the cash register. We have that behind. I was like, son of a bitch. I've been waiting a whole year to get this thing from, behind, from the locked-in cabinet, and you're telling me I can't have it?
0: So anyway. If it makes you feel any better, that little itty-bitty bottle right there. That came out of a locked up cabinet. They did, they, yeah.
2: They, I got it at the same place you got yours too, so that's very surprising and <laughs> makes me upset.
0: <laughs>
2: but that was mine. That, that you know, I think, like I said, at twenty seven, that was maybe one of the stories of success that I felt. But I think I was too young and didn't appreciate things enough to maybe celebrate then or really appreciate it at that time where I was in my life. Um, but this one at forty and stuff with the gym and, and you know my family. Uh this one was totally different. So yeah, yeah totally different. Which gotta
1: have. Oh man. Uh I'm ten years the junior to the two gentlemen that are uh talking. So I'm thirty two but fifteen almost. I mean to me. fifteen. Went to whatever. But either way. Um I don't know. JJ says that we've been successful and I guess I've I've had some nice successes in my life. Um I've, I've gotten to coach some cool places. I've got to rise and lead people. And and I don't do great on talking about myself uh, and accomplishes accomplishments. But I think probably the biggest You've thing is... you coached
0: at D1. You've done I got, to, I got to You lead men and people now.
1: <laughs> at 26, I got to... Um, I, it was very cool. I got to uh, coach at a Division I university in Northwestern State and be the director over strength and conditioning there. And then at uh, 27 or 28... I got to move on to Kansas state and be a director of strength and conditioning there. And, and, um, it was very cool to get to do while I was young. Um, and there were people that thought that I was wildly successful and that's for a different day and a different conversation. But these guys are talking about like their liquid, this was their liquid reward or this was their pinnacle. And I guess probably my lesson so far is that I I never really celebrated those. Um, like, I can remember getting the call. I can remember getting the emails. I can remember getting all these different things. And so can Brittany, my wife. And, and but I'm not sure I ever actually stopped and was like, I'm right. going to toast and yeah. to what's going on. And fast forward to when I was, I guess it's been 30 or 31 when we bought our first house, or hell, even most recently when we found out we were pregnant for the first time. And that was six or seven months ago. Uh, I think that was when we were pregnant with our first and only. It was probably the first time that it was so far, and it was be yeah, so far. Uh, it was because of my brother. Um, that like there was a forced we're gonna have a shot and celebrate, and I couldn't even tell you that what well, we actually shot. It was whiskey, I know that, and he'll probably kick me for not remembering. But that's the first accomplishment in my life that I can remember that like we celebrated with yeah. a, a, a. There was a moment. Everything else, i it just has kind of been, been this this flyby night like. I'm moving to the next thing in my life. I'm moving yep. to the next thing in my life, which is probably a good thing. But also at the same time, I do have some small regrets on not, Hey, let's stop and, and embrace the moment a little bit of where you you've been at, not linger on your uh, accomplishments, but that's kind of been my thought processes and successes to it.
0: I don't know. That was, that was part of the, the, for me looking at the the blue and looking at like, looking back to what I've done, right. It's that's the hard part, right? It's like, It's like if you're running a race, if you're swimming or something like that, you've got, if you don't look back at the shore, you can't see how far you've come. And that's, that's to me what like the whiskey and and celebrating that and hanging out and having these conversations, that's what that's all about. It's like, this is like not boasting, but you're just saying, yep, you know what? This is a marker. I'm going to sit in the moment for a minute and be here and enjoy it. Which is something that I wildly struggle with is
1: because I don't like to talk about. For whatever reason, I think it was it was one of those things that were hammered into us that it was team and it was it was drive ahead and, and, and not that it's bad. I don't think what Mm-mm. I what I do or others like me is bad by any stretch of imagination. But uh, I think that's just something that a lot of people struggle with. I think that they they don't want to come off as arrogant and they also like to downplay their accomplishments. But yeah, when you make a big promotion when you're in your mid twenties or you finally get to that doctoral point. Or you finally purchase a house. I mean, those are massive things that even I can remember my parents, and y'all can remember your parents. Like, those were super proud moments for them, and it seems like now in today's age, we may have we've downplayed them so much. That that is just the de facto, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And we don't celebrate it enough as we go it.
0: I mean, there's also the aspect of it, too. It could be that we've just over-celebrated everything, right? So now everybody's got a trophy for everything. And, hmm. and now the the big things that actually are giant accomplishments, we don't know how ha- – we don't have the capability. We don't have the, the skill set to actually sit down and say, hell, yeah, this was, this was an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I worked hard for this. Like, the, this – I – Put in a lot of things. We'll talk about more all of that on the whiskeys, and, and I know that we will. Um, I think, it, I, yeah, I think that's well, good. I th-
2: and I think a part. So, a part of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, I think, so is just will be episode number one, and is that where we're getting to? I think, and what we're talking about now is exactly what we want to do, right? Yeah, we want to have some fun. We want to talk about whiskeys. We want to talk about tastings and stuff. But really, it's a couple of relatively successful men sitting around drinking whiskey, talking about life experiences and maybe things we should have done better or different or we would have kept the same or whatever it may be but kind of like where are those life lessons and so what I'm you know what I heard myself say and what I heard Evan say is I think a lot of it is maybe you just have to slow down a little bit here and there and there's there's no doubt that this year of 40 for me (laughs) in the gym. I've been had an injury here and there and a bump and a bruise here and there that I haven't been able to recover for as, as fast. And so it's definitely – I have taken steps back and realized to refocus on some things on that just in the gym. So I'm strictly talking to gym now. Let's refocus on some things to make me better and just make sure I'm, I'm healthy and happy and those type of things and I'm performing okay and well. Um but I think it's that same thing in life that we're looking for, right? It's like, let's just take a step back. Let's let's appreciate the moment when it happens because there are a lot of shitty things that happen to us in our lives that we dwell on those for a long time typically. And that's, that's unfortunate, right? We, we typically will dwell on the things that aren't so great a lot longer than we dwell on the things that we do well. So I think taking a step back and really understanding when something good happens, we should take a shot. We should... You know, buy an expensive bottle of scotch. You know, we should do those things with friends if your and finances family. And you know? so, Well, It should be a part of the success, right? Yep. Sometimes your finances don't allow and you do it anyway, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you it's know true. what?
0: <laughs> Screw it. I
2: deserve this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to eat ramen noodles for the next two weeks. But damn, that Saturday night's going to be worth it.
0: It's kind of the way that one
2: was. So there you go. See? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, you told me that actually yeah. when you did that. Yeah, no, you I You said was... that you had to move your finance around a little bit, yep. but it was worth it. It was. <laughs> Chickens and machines. So I don't know, real fast.
1: Oh, we got time. I mean, we got time, but I I think it would be fun, smart if uh, we go around. I'm gonna let y'all go first because you're well more, way more uh, well versed. Sum up in your in your. Older. Okay, you're older. Age. Sum up in your in your small words. I mean, because we did start whiskey fit, Johnny Blue, you're giving it to somebody. What did you taste? What do you think? What what can they expect? Give it to them. Give them a synopsis, not a a dissertation. What are you telling somebody?
0: Uh, It is the smoothest whiskey you will ever have. Uh, Notes of, for me, caramel, uh, vanilla, and just that really mild smoke peat that'll come through. And there's... No, it, for me, I never get any of that burn that goes down your throat, that high octane burn that you typically get with your older whiskeys and stuff like that. It's one of, the, to me, that's the beauty of that, the blue blend, is it is an older blend, like most of them do, average pretty old, but you don't get that kerosene that gets poured down your throat. So I would, I'll piggyback off
2: tastes and flavorings and and kind of where he went on there, but I would actually take the opposite approach. I wouldn't give this bottle to somebody no. that's brand new to it. I would, I would start them on uh, something a little less expensive so they don't get hooked on the good stuff. Plus, I think it, it the, to me, the big thing with it is that it, it, there's so much in it. There's so many flavors in it. There's so much going on in there that you have to be able to almost be able to take a drink and then peel the layers back a little bit, right? And I think you have to do that with $30 and $40 whiskeys and scotches before you do that with $250 scotches. You have to kind of let your palate mature a little bit. Boy, Evan's shit and grin yeah. is so big on his face I right know, now. Right? But, um, so I wouldn't give this to somebody that was a new drinker. I would, I would have them appreciate it before they got it.
0: You don't hand the keys of a Ferrari to a 16 year old. We're mainly talking to you, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the person
1: that's not as well versed, uh, I guess if I'm telling anybody, uh, the, so that I'll, I'll tell you that the smoky and tobacco, um, as the ice melts and there was a little bit more water, um, it comes away a little bit. And so I actually, as it got deeper, I enjoyed it more. I could not drink this neat. Uh, but I'm also not somebody that drinks whiskey on a a regular occasion. I mean, I might have a whiskey or two a week. Uh, I am not a connoisseur by any stretch of imagination. Uh, I probably couldn't even name you 10 whiskeys. But if I'm telling somebody that's drinking Johnny Walker Blue to what to expect. You're going to get a woody taste. If you're a noob like myself, you're going to get a woody taste. You're going to get a tobacco taste. I would tell you to put it on some ice and let the ice melt a little bit and it'll take the bite away. But once the water gets in there from the ice, it actually is pretty enjoyable. Um, it's not something I'm going to reach for in the cabinet right now in my current state, but, uh, it's enjoyable. And if somebody like JJ or Ryan says, Hey, you should have some blue, uh, don't, Turn it down, because they may think it's disrespectful, and that's what you can expect.
2: That's right. So I'm, I'm going to close this one with this, because I did some research while we were sitting here, because that's, that's what I do. It's my thing. So German whiskey, right? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a distilled beverage produced in Germany. Shocker, oh, right? Shocker. Made from grains traditionally associated with the production of whiskey. Once again, Shocking. shocker. Yeah. Yeah. The distillation of German-made whiskey is relatively recent phenom, having only started in the last 30 years. There are currently only 23 distilleries in Germany that produce whiskey.
0: How about that? All right, but, the, but what's up there in pictures is, German di- is <laughs> but, Jaeger. So that is, yeah, that, that's a picture of Jaeger. It's if you German bring whiskey. Jaeger to this table, I may stab you.
1: Might go with some Jaeger, guys. Just gonna let you know. That so now. I,
0: I'll do Jaeger with you, <laughs> especially if you chill it. I will do Jaeger with I, you. If you want me to throw up, I like oh. we will have to bring in a special guest and they can have
2: my oh, shot. Oh, buddy of mine, Andy and I in Virginia, we used to. It was. It doesn't matter where we go, we would go. All these trips we would go on. It doesn't matter where we went, but it was beer and a
0: shot of Jaeger oh,
2: every boy. day. Everything we started, beer and a shot, beer and a shot, beer and a shot, and it was always Jaeger. So
0: my twenties started trampolining, so it, it hits my stomach and it comes back up. <laughs>
1: We'll save those stories for another time, but I think that was a fun one. That was good on Johnny Blue, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time. This is the noob talking about whiskey. I'll let the two well-versed gentlemen say goodbye.
2: Oh, just goodbye good for me. That's all, I'm that's saying. all I got.